You're listening to the Counseling Clinic Podcast with Aisha J. And Lisa Michelle, the show for up-and-coming mental health professionals, advocates, and anyone else wanting to learn more about the mental health field from two not-so-professional professionals. The discussions in our episodes are not a replacement for seeking professional individual mental health care and should not be viewed as part of one's own personal mental health treatment. Our conversations are geared toward assisting mental health professionals, advocates, and others interested with thought-provoking ideas and resources. For our full disclosure statement, visit our website at thecounselingclinicpodcast.com. Hey everyone. Welcome back. If you're a returning listener, if you're new here, we're happy to have you. Thanks for joining us today. So it is almost Halloween. One of the more favorited holidays at the Counseling Clinic Podcast. Yes. And we thought, so we've been, you know, having some fun episodes for um, our holidays. You guys know that. But we thought we would do it differently this time. And we are going to talk about phobias today. So why don't we start with the definition of a phobia? Because, you know, right now we're kind of using the word differently and maybe even loosely. Um, But yeah, so let's get into the actual definition of a phobia. Okay. So in the DSM-5, we're looking at specific phobia, which is the illness, the disorder. First criteria is, quote, marked fear or anxiety about a specific object or situation. Um, the next is the phobic object or situation almost always provokes immediate fear or anxiety. The phobic object or situation is actively avoided or endured with intense fear or anxiety. And then the fear or anxiety is out of proportion to the actual danger posed by the specific object or situation and to the sociocultural context. The fear, anxiety, or avoidance is persistent, typically lasting for six months or more causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning, and then it's not better explained by uh, a a physical illness, a mental illness. um, I guess an additional mental illness, right? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Um, Or anything of the like. So, And then from there, we can have specifiers, so things like animal, natural environment, blood injection and injury. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, situational or other. So the thing with specific phobia is that this is not just disliking something or being uncomfortable. Right. Or feeling anxious. Right. Like alone, right? Like this comes with, you have to be avoiding the thing. It has to cause significant impairment in your functioning. Uh, And then it's got to be unreasonable. Like your response has to be unreasonable to whatever the thing is. Right. Yeah, not to, like, jump into examples or anything, but, like, think if you have a fear of bridges, right, you won't even Mm -hmm. cross the bridge. You take an alternate route to work or to school so that you don't have to cross the bridge, not just, oh, I'm uncomfortable while I'm on this bridge. That's not a phobia. Phobia would be the extreme one. Right. And if you do, if you are doing it with discomfort, it's pretty significant, right? Yes. Like, it's not like, yes. oh, I'm a little nervous. Right. It's maybe bringing on a panic attack. Right. Or it's, um, again, causing impairment in how you would function. Right. So, like, you might have issues driving over the bridge. Yes. While trying to drive over the bridge. 
I think this is one of those, and I think a lot of mental illnesses have this factor, but I think this one in particular is one that we can very easily water down, right? Like we can say, oh, I'm I'm really, really uncomfortable. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, yes, you don't like the thing, hear that, Mm -hmm. get it, but you're still able to function and you're also, the thing you're afraid of is probably pretty reasonable. Yeah. And like you said, I think that happens with kind of most uh, mental disorders, really. Um, You know, there was a lady recently who told me, well, we all get depressed. No, you know, a lot of us, very many, it's a huge portion of the population, but it's also not a regular thing, right? We all get sad, but that's not the same as depressed, even though we use it synonymously. And that's kind of what you're talking about with um, being afraid or uncomfortable, kind of people using it synonymously with a phobia, right? Right. Or the way that people do um, OCD, right? You yes. know, I like I like things clean and organized. Oh, you know, I'm OCD, right? <laughs> well, and and that's when I always feel very compelled. Again, I'm I choose my battles, but mm-hmm. you know, I tell them like that's not all it is. It's not about right. cleanliness or organization. Because again, that is a cultural norm, right? You mm-hmm. you want things to be in their place, right? In order or right. clean. Right. That's not causing impairment, right? That's not out of the norm for our society or the culture, for the most part. I mean, I guess some cultures are going to be different there, but that's normal, right? And so in the criteria, when we're talking about things like level of functioning, you've got to really recognize the level of disability in that, Mm -hmm. like you're unable to do the thing. So we have an article from Very Well Mind linked below that has the 10 most common phobias. So, uh, Lisa Michelle, why don't you go ahead and give us some of the phobias on that list? <laughs> Let's start with one of the, I think, more common as far as like the name of the phobia, mm-hmm. arachnophobia, right? Yes. Very seasonal for this time of year. Yes. Uh, this is the fear of all arachnids, specifically spiders, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the one we often jump to. But this is still the whole of arachnids, which I didn't know other kinds of arachnids. Me I just either. Spiders. <laughs> Me either. And so I had to look it up because I always see that that term like and other arachnids, and I was like, well, what are the other ones? <laughs> right. What else are we dealing with? Tell us so, what are what what else is in so that? So what I found was uh, scorpions, um, something called tailless whip scorpions. Nope, that sounds awful. I know. Um, that is terrible. Skin, um, mites. What? I, I don't. I don't know. I just know <laughs> the name of it. I can't help. <laughs> it's an arachnid, Michelle. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> mites and also ticks are part of that family. Who knew, right? Uh, yeah, it would uh, make sense. I just would uh, not yeah, have I guess ever it makes thought sense. that. Yeah. It makes sense, but I never would have put those in the same group. The next very common one is aphidiophobia. Y'all, I'm not going to pronounce all these right. Let's just go (laughs) ahead and accept that. This is snakes. Fear of snakes. So something pretty interesting about um, this one is that there's been some investigation of to like where this comes from, right? And so there is an idea that maybe... 
it stems from snakes are sometimes poisonous, right? And so maybe it's because our ancestors avoided these animals so that they could live, right? Survival. Sure. Um, sure. Fair. Or avoid disease and contamination, um, which all mm. makes sense. But it also says, the article also says that there are studies that have shown that snakes specifically provoke a disgust kind of response. So they think that might explain why the snake phobia is more common as opposed to people having phobias of different kinds of dangerous animals like lions and bears. That's so fascinating. Yeah. And I I think that speaks to this need to be able to identify different feelings, you know, because you're right. Like with phobias, you're not sitting there being like, I'm also disgusted by this. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you know what else I think? And and it doesn't mention this. So obviously I don't know, but I'm wondering how much that has to do with it, um, with like the difference in those being mammals, right? You know, mm, you can find, okay. you can find cuteness, even though they're dangerous, but you can find cuteness in furry animals, right? Um, yeah. you see a, a lion or a tiger, you might be afraid of it, but you, but it's also kind of adorable, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, oh, it's so beautiful and majestic and I love it, you know? <laughs> right. But that's such a, that's such an interesting point. I wouldn't have thought of that either. Yeah. I love that. Next up is aerophobia, fear of flying. Um, the article mentions that between 10 and 40% of adults in our country have this fear, mm-hmm. which is higher than I would have expected. Yeah, I can see that. Next, we have acrophobia, which is fear of heights. This one, I think, is underrated. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... Yeah. As in, more people would deal with this, or I can see this being something more common than not. I, I even like why it would be so common, right? Like I was recently yeah. um, in a hotel for a conference and I was on the 36th floor and, it's, and I'm oh looking gosh, out the no. window like, man, that is high. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 36 <laughs> floor. So that's, up here. <laughs> I will not be sitting by the window at that conference. No, thank you. And then they didn't have like it was just like like the window, and then nothing. Like there was nothing Mm-mm. next to it, so it's just kind of a empty looking down. It was yeah, it, it wasn't great. It, <laughs> it wasn't great. This one is xenophobia, uh, fear of dogs, which I want to f- remind people that we talked about this. We didn't know this is what it was called, but. We talked about this when we talked about our emotional support animal episode mm-hmm. of how you have to be careful with that because many people do have fear of dogs. Right. Uh, the article mentions that a lot of times it can come from like experiences with dogs. Like if, if a dog jumped on you or bit you when you were mm-hmm. small um, or if it did that to a parent and then they kind of project the fear, um, you know, that's where we get in a lot of situations. That's where we get it. But it is something that can be more difficult to maneuver because it's so common. I mean, think about how many people have dogs. Right. And also how many people might even um, disregard you because, Mm, you know, people like dogs and they find them adorable, right? And and they're, um, you know, pets and they're part of the family. And, you know, so they, they might minimize 
the phobia. And, and remember, we're saying this is xenophobia, so it's not just discomfort, right? That's it's right. not just being um, apprehensive around unfamiliar dogs. It is an actual phobia. So it's excessive and it's um, probably even irrational to think of it uh, generally to all dogs, right? But uh, right. right, it's a whole phobia, not just discomfort. And that's why the article mentions how it can be so difficult to deal with, because think about all the times you see a dog, right? right. Walking down the street right. in your neighborhood, sometimes at the car next to you. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've known people with service animals. Yeah. Like it is so much more common. And so it is really difficult to figure mm-hmm. out, well, how can I go out in public? How can I live my life and not see a dog? Right. Even um, now on several college campuses, they do um, like pet a puppy day, hug a puppy day yep. kind of thing for relaxation, right? Which right. which um, I think it's important to talk about the fact that both of those things can exist, right? There mm-hmm. can be people with phobias of of dogs right xenophobia and there can be people who find dogs therapeutic right (laughs) they can both exist now we have astrophobia so astra with an a not o uh this is fear of thunder and lightning again i think this again it has to be impairing function Mm -hmm. right but i think this is one of those things that also could be easily dismissed yeah i agree another one is trypanophobia this is fear of injections so this is going to be specific to needles and uh you know medical injections not this doesn't include everything so this isn't contamination this isn't blood this isn't you know any other medical procedures this is Mm -hmm. specific to like needles and injections and we'll get to that in a second of why (laughs) i say that now we get into stuff that is common but often misconstrued yeah right so we now have uh mysophobia um which is the excessive fear of germs and or dirt Mm -hmm. so this is where you know if we're dealing with ocd you know we we talk about that as contamination obsessions Mm -hmm. uh this would be something very i can imagine difficult to differentiate between as far as mysophobia versus contamination obsessions. So that's where you've really got to right. learn the differences between diagnostic criteria. Right. Because um, they do. OCD has a different time frame criteria as far as how often it's got to, the compulsions have to interfere with your day. Mm-hmm. Um, phobias don't. don't. Phobias is just six month consistently. So knowing that you can have the excessive fear and it's still not really be obsessive or requiring compulsive behaviors. It can truly just be the fear and avoidance. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I guess I probably should have looked at that first, but I wonder if they are comorbid. I know that they can be related, but can they exist together? Right. The, um, the contamination obsessions and, um, or can they be diagnosed together, right? The contamination mm. obsessions and the mysophobia. Um, because the way that I'm understanding it is the mysophobia is the fear, right? The the phobia. But the 
how you would avoid the the fear of the germs, how you would avoid that would be the compulsive behavior, right? So I would imagine that they have to be comorbid, right? I think it, it's going to depend on, again, like you said, like that avoidance, because sometimes... Y'all, my DSM is right by me. I really could just pick it up and check. Like, it's literally right there. So I'll say this as far as phobias. Um, uh, germs, air quotes there, mm-hmm. is not a specific or standalone specifier. The closest thing is going to be blood injection and injury. So okay, that's a good point. Disease. So it has to be under, yeah, one of the specifiers. Okay, that make mo- makes more sense. And I'll say this too. One other thing is, and and not necessarily just for you, but like OCD, you can have just the obsessive disorder. Right. It doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be compulsive. And yeah. so when you're talking about avoidance, it could just be you don't go out, right? Mm-hmm. Or you don't go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that's a compulsive behavior. That's avoidance. Right. Does that make right. sense? So you don't have to necessarily wash your hands 12 times. It can truly be like, you know, you just don't play outside with the dirt. Mm-hmm. So that would be more phobia-based versus, like, obsessive-compulsive. Yeah, I can see that. But then you also have to be engaging in, you know, keeping your environment sterile, right? That's true. Um, That's a good point. So, you know, yeah. It's, like I said, it's it's very... It's a thin line, right? It's a very thin line, yeah. and you would have to... There's a lot of criteria you would have to know from the individual or whatever to really delineate from the yes. two. Um. Yeah. Man, that's so fascinating. And like you said, you're probably not diagnosing mysophobia because it's not one of the specifiers, right? right? By the time so, you're really trying to die, because you're probably just going to go obsessive so, disorder. Way to go, DSM. Thanks for helping us avoid that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dodged a bullet there, huh? <laughs> um, next up, we have agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to turn this one over to you to talk about because this is, again, one of those that just gets misunderstood, poorly conveyed in society. Yeah. The like. I, I don't know that I can be the one to explain it best so it could be less misunderstood. <laughs> so agoraphobia, still in the anxiety and related disorders situation. Um, so this is marked fear or anxiety about two or more of the following five situations. One, using public transportation. Two, being in open spaces, three, being in enclosed spaces, four, standing in line or being in a crowd, and then five, being outside of the home alone. Again, there has to be significant avoidance. You have to be um, dealing with marked impairment, Um, you know, can't be because of another illness. Um, Again, the fear of any of these five has to be disproportionate to the actual threat so if you're safely in an airplane as safe as you're going to be right that wouldn't necessarily count unless you're losing it over being in the airplane um another criteria that does make this interesting is that it says the individual fears or avoids the situation because of thoughts that escape might be difficult or help might not be available in the event of developing panic-like symptoms. Right. And so I think that's where people find the um, misconception or the misunderstanding of agoraphobia because the marked characteristic is that the, the fear is of not being able to escape. 
that fearful situation. Right. It's this weird component of being afraid of A and also B. Right. (laughs) Like, it's not just one or the other. And I think that, I think you're right. Like, that's where a big part of the confusion happens. Yes. Okay. Last but not least, we have social anxiety disorder. Also known as social phobia, but if uh, you are familiar with the new changes in the DSM-5-TR. Which we did an episode on. That was episode 72. That's right. (laughs) We are transitioning out of saying that. So the, the actual disorder is social anxiety disorder. This is another one like agoraphobia in that there are two fears, two main fears. Um, it says marked fear or anxiety about one or more social situations in which the individual is exposed to possible scrutiny by others. So the fear there is when you're, you're in a situation where you could be scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Next, the individual fears that he or she will act in a way or show anxiety symptoms that will be negatively evaluated. Mm-hmm. So again, you have to be afraid of being judged or scrutinized, and then also that you would do the thing to be scrutinized. Yeah. There are two notes about how this appears in children, and one of them specifically is that it must occur in peer settings along with any others. Like, can't just be, they get really shy or nervous with adults. Mm-hmm. So Right. And I don't know about other professionals, but in my professional experience, um, I think think that this one can have a little more of the back and forth in regards to treatment because Mm, it has so much to do with the stuff that is outside of the person's control, right? So the fear is of being scrutinized by others. So the fear is is the, the client expecting that other people will say or do or think, right? Which is way outside of their control, right? <laughs> right. Um, and it, it may be, you know, maybe it's very accurate. Maybe they um, have experienced this person or these people saying these exact things right behave in these exact ways right and i I think that's reasonable to learn from experience right yes (laughs) you know um to expect what people have shown you i think that's perfectly reasonable but i i think it can be tricky in in dealing with that back and forth of you know you can behave like this based on you you know deal with what you can control and then going backwards to, well, I can't control them, but they're probably thinking this, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'll say this too. I think this is one that we hear it. Mm-hmm. And again, this is why how we define things and knowing the definitions is important. Uh, we hear this and we think we're afraid of crowds or we're afraid of people. Right. It's like not necessarily. Right. You know, this is not just being uncomfortable or not liking crowds or people. This is again that... I'm going to do something that people are going to think is uh, mm-hmm. or is embarrassing or uh, stressful or whatever. And then they're also going to judge me for it. Mm-hmm. So it is very much a give and take diagnosis. Yes. The yeah. other thing is that the specifier here is performance based only. So this is where we get the fear of speaking in public mm-hmm. or presenting or what have you. That is a specifier of social anxiety because Generally, the fear is that you're going to mess up or that they're going to make fun of you, right? Yeah. All right. So those were the most common ones. So now, just for fun, um, we have more Halloween-y phobias. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> um, I love it. No, I'm here for but, it. You know, stuff related to Halloween. Um, so the fear of clowns is chlorophobia. The fear of ghosts or spirits is phasmophobia. So think like phantom. Love that. And the fear of witchcraft is wiccophobia. We have masklophobia, which is fear of people in masks, also including mascots, which that makes sense. I yeah. can, get, I get it. Yeah. I'm here for that. I would think mascots might need its own. Right. Because you know? <laughs> that stuff is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Mathrogatophobia. Sorry, I had to really struggle through that one. Oh, I, I get it. It's a hard word. <laughs> that one, Right. And it's not what you think. It is black cats. Now, this one I will say is different than a few of cats. This mm-hmm. is specifically black cats believed to be stemming from superstition um, regarding black cats. And then last, hemophobia, which is fear of blood. So this is all in good fun and, you know, kind of for our own edification. Um, but remember, phobias are serious, right? And so there is uh, treatment for phobias. So... Michelle, can you give us um, some of the most effective treatment methods for phobias? Yes. One of the bigger ones uh, is ERP, which is exposure and response prevention. This is uh, a form of things like um, desensitizing and flooding and learning to sit with and learning to push through and then like move through the fears right Mm -hmm. to where you can then handle it and regulate yourself yeah which is great uh this one is great for anxiety issues ocd um and again doable with phobias Mm -hmm. another one is just therapy uh like psychotherapy talk therapy whatever um it's a because you brought up a point earlier about like a lot of times there's stuff underneath it or it's coming from a different place and so yes we can be desensitized or learn how to regulate but stuff will continue to happen if we don't get to the cause of some of these things. Right. Now, another thing you'll see is uh, CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy. Pretty much what you're going to see is that this needs to be used alongside something else. Mm-hmm. That this is great for getting to the root of things and learning behavioral coping mechanisms. But because the fear and the phobia is so intense, you're going to need more than just CBT techniques. Mm-hmm. And I would even imagine that with time, it could be effective enough alone as well. I don't know very many people who use CBT alone just because it's kind of like a base, kind of like a foundation as mental health professionals, right? So we all kind of just add things on top of it. But if you think about CBT, right, it's training to change the thinking, right? Um so with that, I would imagine that it could be used alone. It might again, it might take some time, but uh, I would imagine that it would work by itself. Absolutely, that was just well said. <laughs> Thanks. So that is all we have for you, folks. Um, of course, we want to know your thoughts and experiences. Can you think of any other common phobias? 
are you experiencing any of the Halloween phobias with Halloween coming up? Um, and of course, you could always tell us fun stuff like your Halloween costume. Y'all know we love that. Um, yes, and, please. And if we missed anything, definitely let us know so that we can all learn and grow together. We'll see y'all next time. See ya. for listening to the counseling clinic with Aisha Jane and Lisa Michelle. Remember to check out our website at the counseling clinic podcast.com and follow us on Instagram at the counseling clinic podcast. We'll see you guys by our next session. Bye guys.